of us in here understand the significance of him being holy. We worship him because he is holy. But do you know why that sends just like lightning through my body when I fix myself on that and I worship him that way? Because Peter said, be holy because he's holy. And what most of us think is that verse is a task for us to accomplish. It is not a task. It is permission to be who he is because he now dwells in you. It's a declaration. Quit trying to be or think you're not. You're holy because I am holy. And when you're born again, Christ dwells in you. And you dwell in him. And just as much as he is one with the Father, you are now one with the Father. So when we sing that, you need to, it should be a celebration, not because he's holy, not just because he is holy, but because he makes you holy. We stand in this house and worship him as holy. Not because we've accomplished something 
because we're now hidden in Christ. We get to stand boldly before his throne and worship. We get to come with total confidence. Not because you accomplished something, but because he now hides you in himself. No shame is allowed to keep us from his presence. Man, you need to, this should be celebration. It should be recognition that he is making me holy just because he is holy. It's a song for us as much as it is towards him. We've got to walk in the revelation that we are holy because he makes us holy. Be holy because he's holy. That's our DNA now. That's our DNA. Man, that's a total different understanding when you really believe and receive that truth. You should be able to celebrate that. That you don't have to have your head down. You don't have to get a certain number of days right before you have the, the right to lift your face to God. I'm holy because He is holy. And we need to quit fighting that truth and walk as sons and daughters of God. So think about that when we sing. He's holy. try to be holy. Just be holy. I don't tell my sons, go out and try to be Bartons. You are a Barton. You're a Barton. Be holy. Because I'm holy.
To some of you, it might seem weird when you say, my lover, but you know what? He's conquered my heart, and he loves me, and he loves you so much, but he has conquered my heart.
I like where it gets into that and it says, make me a vessel. It's just like the wineskin. You can't pour new wine into an old wineskin. So what he's telling you to do right now is you got to empty out all the stuff you came in with. You got to empty out all the stuff that somebody spoke into your life that happened to you. You can't hang on to that and expect him to pour into you and pour his oil into you and love on you the way he wants to love on you when there's no room in your vessel for it. You got to get rid of the stuff that keeps binding you down, chaining you up. You have to get rid of it. You have to surrender that. Because once you realize that's not who you are, once you realize that, that you're a daughter and a son of a king, once you realize who you are, then he can pour his love out on you. He can saturate you. And he can fill you up. But he can't do that if you just keep coming in with the same full vessel of, of a mindset that somebody else put in your mind. That somebody else said about. Or even stuff that you're saying about yourself. You got to get rid of that. You have to get rid of all that stuff. And just say, Lord, what do you say about me? What do you say about me? Because he loves you. He loves you. That's what he wants you to know this morning, is that he loves you. And he wants to pour more out on you. He wants to do more in your life. But it's going to take you surrendering that. It's going to take you walking away from all the stuff that you believe about yourself that's not true. And walking into something fresh, something new. Walking into his arms and allowing him to saturate you with his love. So come on, Father. We give you permission right now to saturate this house. Come on, rest over this place right now. Come on, start pouring into the lives, Father God. Start moving in our hearts right now, Father God. Yes, Lord. Come on, let us feel a tangible presence this morning. Let us feel your love right now, Father. Yes, Lord. Come on, we bind up anything that's keeping people chained up, Father God. We bind it up in Jesus' name. It's not allowed to operate in our lives, Lord. It's not allowed to operate in our minds, in our hearts. We lose your love, your peace, your comfort on each person in this house today. Yes, Lord. Fill us up, Holy. Fill us up, Holy. Fill us up, Holy. Come, Holy. Can we just keep singing that? Let's just keep. 
Have your way in this house. Have your way in our lives, in our marriages, in our kids. Come on, Father. We, we give it to you right now, Lord. Father, we just love you. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning. Come holy. Father, we just lift you up. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Come on. Can we lift them up this morning? Come on. We can do better than that. Let's get loud in here. Let's wake up. Come on. <laughs> That's right. I want him to hear us. Come on. Yes, Lord. Woo. Well, good morning. Good morning. Do me a favor. Go around. Say hi to somebody. Love on somebody. We'll be right back.
Good morning. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Y'all just do what you want to do. Uh, we can hang out all day. Like, um, <laughs> I have nothing going on, like, honestly. This is what I love about us, though. That's why we call it family, y'all. Uh, we can hang out in here and just love on each other and see how we're doing. They're still hugging in the back. We got new babies here. We got people coming back from surgery here. Brother Ron, how you doing, brother? <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. I want to share, before, before we get into to receiving the giving this morning, uh, I want to share something really cool. Not really cool that we've had, like, numerous people in our family having surgery this past week. So Nikki and, and Ron and uh, Brother Kenny, if you remember Brother Kenny, we came up and prayed over him. Um, well, man, we've been, uh, he went in for a, uh, is it called a double bypass? He was going in for a double bypass, I guess is what they call it. And he ended up having to have a quadrupled bypass. And then it wouldn't start beating. And then it wouldn't operate on his own. So last night we were praying for him and praying for him uh, because he kept getting the AFib and it wouldn't, something wouldn't work. Um, and they were going to go in Monday, tomorrow, and put him back under and try to shock him to get it working right but man we were praying last night and then I got a text this morning said he woke up and it is beating everything is running um God is so good um and it's through prayer I'm telling you they, they sat there going well they were just trying to get all the doctors in they had so many issues uh but now it's running and pumping and doing what he's supposed to do so uh man I love that I love it. just keep lifting people up in your prayers you know Nikki had a a, a fusion in her neck so she'll be down and out and uh Love on her and Tim and Ron had, like, this was shoulder issue. I don't know, brother. A new knuckle. (laughs) I love you, Ron. (laughs) But uh, did I miss anybody? Who else had surgery this week? I feel like everybody was having surgery or something. So, um, but man, it's so good. But I just love that because what, what we do is as a family, we just pray. And uh, we just surround them with love and pray, and then God shows up in a mighty, mighty way. So uh, that, that's good. That's a praise report this morning. But uh, I want to, before we move on, we're just going to uh, take an opportunity to give this morning. Uh, if it, you know, so just prepare for that. I just, you know, Kevin and Crystal, so I'll let you know, pray for them. They were down in Texas driving. Uh, they were in Mexico yesterday, now back in Texas, and they'll be home. They took a little vacation to visit family, so that's awesome. Uh, but see, he usually gets to give the offering. They don't ever let me receive and, and do the offering because I'm one of those guys that said just give because that's what you do. Like I, you give because you love to give and God gives to you. So, uh, But I'll give you a scripture verse this morning. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, what a scripture. But And I don't give to receive. I give because I've been blessed. I give because God keeps showing up in my life. I give because, man, he's just done so much in me. I want to give back. I believe that, that I give back so that we can continue doing for other people. So that, I just want that to be on your heart this morning. Uh, let God touch you and what you feel like you should give this morning. I want you to give. We're going to receive offering up here. Uh, we have our basket. Uh, you can give online. You can give uh, any way you want to give. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome. Let me just pray over that. Let's pray over our giving this morning and just let... Let God do what he wants to do, and then we'll jump into our word. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father, 
We thank you for the blessings in our life. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for the healings that are going on right now, Father God. Uh, and we just, we're, we, just, we just know you're going to continue to do more, Father. We just love you, so I ask you to bless the gift this morning. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. So come on, you can give this morning, and we'll get started here in a second. morning um i just wanted to come up and say it's kind of in line with giving um to encourage you to continue to sow and give because you know we've always heard the saying um god doesn't show up when we want him to but he, he's always on time um i've been the type person i'm a servant at heart and i've been giving and sowing over the years and um as some of you know i was diagnosed with the total disability a few years ago, and um, the devil thought that he was using it to destroy me, but he actually elevated me without knowing it. And um, doing that, um, I received in December, I received a letter, all of us, most of us has been in school, got student loans longer than this building. Mm -hmm. But I received a letter, in I was diagnosed in 2016. I received a letter in December saying, that they had received something from Social Security about my disability, and they were canceling the rest of my $48,000 student debt. <laughs> and in addition to that, they were going to send me a refund for some of the payments that I have made since 2016 when I was diagnosed. So, you know, when Daddy God shows up, he shows out. So don't stop giving, you know, he sees your struggle, he knows what you're going through, and anything the devil is bringing to you to try to use it for bad, daddy God's gonna use it for good. And I just wanted to share that with you all to keep you and tell you to stay encouraged because I love you and he loves you too. Don't step on that, Rachel, wherever you went. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Man, it's a, it's a good morning. It's nice and cold outside. Everybody enjoying this weather. It's 80 degrees one day, 20 degrees the next. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So, look, if you're new here, I am DJ, and along with my wife, Jules, we get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. We love you guys. We love our family. Look, if you weren't here last week, we love y'all. Like, we love you all. And uh, it's amazing what God's doing. I love the fact that my daughter came in today. Hi, Cass. Come on, man. What, what a blessing. My niece is here today. Look, I love it. Family just starts showing up. It's good stuff. But there's a lot of people watching online, too. Can we give it up for our online audience? Come on. We love you guys. We thank you. For those that can't be here, we understand. So we're praying for those that are sick. We're praying for those that are traveling, those that are recovering. So God, continue to touch them. 
Uh, and if you're new to the church, do me a favor, fill out a Connect card. We'll get one for you if you need one. If not, they're out on Connection Point on that big wooden desk in the foyer. Just let us know. Uh, we need information about you. Uh, we can't reach out to you and let you know how much we love you or even pray for you if you don't fill out that information. So take some time, fill that out. Let us know you were here. If you want more information about Destiny, go ahead and download our, our app. So our app's out there. Scan that thing. It's a new app. It has all the information about Destiny Church. It'll talk to you about all the different services, everything going on. So please, that's where all your information is. Uh, get that so you stay in the loop so you know what's going on and when things cancel and when they don't. A uh, couple good good things going on that I want to share is our next steps. We had uh, next steps this morning. Brother Rick and Vanessa were teaching more churchy words. That was this morning, right? More churchy words. Had had a good turnout over there. So we thought, is there going to be a more more? Can be okay because he did churchy words and now more churchy words and I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, there's there's stuff I don't even understand. So. That's good. If you want to, uh, what this is, this is our discipleship stuff. So this is stuff you're probably not going to get on a Sunday morning uh, up here from me because I just don't have time to preach about everything up there. So this is stuff that, that um, as a church, we, we want to equip the saints. We want to give you information. It is a great way to do it. Next week, uh, my wife and I, we're going to be teaching marriage finance, what that finance looks like in marriage. So it's going to be a good one to be at, and it's going to be in my office, okay, because next week we have rally day, which is going to be over in the trailer, just letting some people know that it, it's going to be over in the in the trailer. So we'll be teaching that class uh, in my office. So we look forward to seeing everybody uh, next week for that. Uh, small group training. Look, we, our small groups are kicking off next month, so early next month. So we only have a couple weeks left. If God has been speaking to you about, about leading a small group, do not back down now. Okay, he's continuing to speak to you because he wants you to obey and say, yes, I'll do it. So if you want more information about that, even if it's just an idea, come see us right after service today. We're going to meet right in here. We have training today just to talk to you about that, what that looks like, how we can help you. Okay, just at least come to that. And if you decide after that that, you know what, I'm going to wait another season, go ahead. I'll just talk to you about it every single week that you're not hosting a small group. But here's the thing. If God put it on your heart, it's for somebody else. So somebody... Um, God is God is putting somebody in front of you that needs that information that you have. So that's really good. So um, I'm looking forward to that today. So small group training right after service today. I'm excited about worship night on the 25th. Come on, this is this is like Friday, y'all. Like Friday. So if you love worship, get out here with us. Worship Friday night. It's going to be powerful. Uh, the whole night set up for that, seven to nine. I don't know how long it's going to go. Uh, I expect to, to, to his presence just to show up. I expect words. I expect all kinds of awesome stuff to happen as we come together to, to worship. So please be here uh, this Friday. And if you're a young adult, so 18 to like 28, if you're in that, in that range where you are uh, college career range, something like that, however that works, we have a group meeting on Friday. That will be the first meeting. We have several um, uh, people showing up for that, and our leaders, Nicole and Brandon Guy, they're going to meet over at the Mexican restaurant right down here. So show up, free food. That should get you there. We're going to check your ID when you come in, though, and make sure you're not 29 and you're not 17. 30's good. No. If you're buying, you can show up. Um, no, but here's the thing. Show up for that. We want, we, we want you to be part of that. We want, we, you cannot do life alone. So we have a group meeting here. They're going to go. They're going to eat together, get to know each other, and then they're coming over here. And they're going to worship with us that night. So part of that is a worship night. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity. We're just kicking that off. So if you know of somebody, they don't have to go to our church. In fact, half of those people don't even attend our church. They're from another church that doesn't have a college and career. 
You understand? So if you know somebody that's in that rage and, and they're trying to do life alone, that's not good. Get them connected. Let them, let them come on out and do life with us. I'm excited about that. All right, I'm just going to plug this real quick. I want you to start praying about this. Heart for the house. Okay, Heart for the House is going to be on the 10th of April. If you're new to Destiny, um, Heart for the House is something we started doing a while ago. These, and I'm going to give you a detailed list, but we own this building. We bought this last year. We don't own it. The bank owns it, but we're paying it off. Um, but we, we now own this. So, therefore, we have a responsibility as owners, and that's to take care of our property. So, there's some things that God's been speaking to me that we need to get done and i'll have a list for you and this is above and beyond this is if god speaks to you about giving to these things that's awesome uh there, there's some there's some great stuff that that needs to happen you know uh, we can only shampoo the carpet so many times before you replace them that costs money okay we want to update the front of the building and, and paint it this thing is old it needs a fresh coat of paint that costs money here none of that stuff gets budgeted in the way you think it would get budgeted in what happens is we come and i bring a need to you like like i would to the family and say this is what we need and you get to choose to give to that and if you want to give to it great if you don't want to give to it great that's between you and god if he tells you to give give and if not then don't I, i'm not gonna i'm not twisting your your arm on this i'm just saying it's a great opportunity and this year it's going to be april 10th so i want to i want you to continue to pray about that continue to pray what god's asking you to give to that it's just i, I just know he wants to do some things with our worship with some sound with with all kinds of things to make this better uh and and so we can be good stewards of what god gives us you know owning a building is one thing taking care of it's another <laughs> Okay, to be good stewards, sometimes it takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of time and a little bit of money, and that's what we're going to pray for. So Heart for the House, you'll be hearing more about that, and I will get some, some good material out to you so you can see what that is. All right, that's enough announcements, and I'm ready to go into my message, so let's pray. Oh, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. And, Father, I ask you to touch my heart right now. Father, touch my heart, touch my lips, Lord. Let it be all of you this morning and none of me. Father, I just surrender to you. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. You guys enjoying this series we've been in called Connected? It's really just a long discussion. And, um, and we've been discussing all kinds of things. Last week, we talked about uh, church family and what that looks like. You guys get something out of that? That was powerful last week. Hopefully, you understood that that's what church family is all about, and that should be your expectation. I wouldn't bring it to you if that wasn't an expectation I, that, that, that you should see here. And if you don't see it here, then you should come up and ask me some questions about it, okay? Because that's how God wants to move in our house is as a church family. So, so last week we got to do that. I thought it was powerful. I thought it was amazing. Um, and we love you all so much that that's, that's just an expectation I think we, we, we need to put on each other to take care of the people in this family. Uh, and I know that's different for a lot of people because you all been through many different churches. So um, I don't know what that looked like anywhere else you went. I know in this church that's what it's going to look like uh, in this family. So, um, but Hopefully you, you enjoyed that. But now I want to continue talking about children. Um, so if there's tunes, or teens, tunes, there's teens in here, they can listen up. Some of this might apply to them. Um, you know, th this, is, this is a big thing when it comes to relationships with our children. Anything from raising children to being an example for your kids to trying to get them moving on in life and leading them the way you're supposed to lead them. Uh, this is going to be big. So... And maybe you don't have children, that's fine. Keep praying about this because God will put children in your life. You, you can be young and not have children. You can be old and not have children. But God will put children around you for you to pour into. Okay, so this is, this is all children. 
uh, that, that this talks about. So it's so important that we talk about this. Why? Because we have a tendency to raise our kids the way we were raised. And that's not good. Now, some of you might say, no, that was good. I had an amazing childhood. I loved how I was raised. And, and that's awesome. Okay. I didn't. And it's nothing against my parents. It's I didn't grow up in church. We didn't grow up go, being part of anything bigger than our family. Okay, so so we we had to learn this thing on our own. We didn't have the guidance that that we have, uh, that I have now. So so I don't know what your story is. And you might have said, you know what, I had it pretty rough too. And because of that, we've been trying to raise kids, and that's been pretty rough. Um, but I want to tell you, there's a way to do it. Uh, there's a way to do this. And right, when I say you weren't raised right, it means that, that you weren't raised to love and to be loved by Jesus. That's what I mean by being raised right. Because if that wasn't taught to you as a child, that he loves you, that father loves you, right, and you can love him back, and that's a mutual exchange, then we're doing it wrong. Okay? That, that's what I mean by right. So I didn't have that. I didn't even learn that until several years ago. That, that was eye-opening to me, um, that, that that's how it is. And because of that, because you don't know what you've been trying to do is walk through life, trying to raise your kids the best way you can, which is usually the way somebody taught you, and that somebody was probably wrong. And what you're seeing is generation after generation, and you don't understand why you can't stop that, why that's not working. Okay, so I want to give you some instruction today on how we do that, what we should do, um, because you're probably carrying a burden that you shouldn't have. You're, you're, you're probably walking around um, as a child. You might have been raised in an area where your parents said you were the burden. That you were the one that stopped them from having the life they wanted. Right? That could have been your childhood. That, that, that maybe you weren't the blessing that, that we think all our kids are. And that will wear you out. Because words that are spoken over you as a child will remain with you as you walk throughout life until you release that, until you give that up to Father and you replace it. We talked about it this morning in worship. You've got to surrender that stuff. That's not who you are. Okay, but, but it's not your fault either. It's not your fault that's the way you were raised. Some of us, we just took us a longer time to, to find God. <laughs> that's just, just how it was. You know, we raised, we raised our kids were teenagers by the time we found the Lord. So, so they got to experience both sides of what that looks like. And it's completely opposite. And it takes time when you walk in that. But that's the problem because the devil will, will continue to try to stop that. The devil will continue to try to get you to think you're less than. He'll continue to try to steal the gifts that God's given you. He'll continue to try to stop you from walking in that. All through listening. Okay, all you have to do is listen to the wrong voice, and you're walking down the wrong path. Okay, so that's what I want to talk about this morning. So in Psalms 127, 3, out of the Passion. It's okay. I love it. We're training people in production. You know, you know how much I love that, that when I say we need people in production, we got people going back and getting in production. So thank you so much. And it takes training, and they're going to get on-the-job training because that's what, that's what we like. So if that's what you like to do, get back there. We'll train you too. So Psalm 127.3 says, Children are God's love gift. They are heaven's generous reward. 
You were a love gift from God to your parents, to your grandparents, to your siblings, to your family. It's a love gift. Okay? It was his reward, a generous reward. So that's how we should think of our kids. That's how you should think of yourself as we walk in this. And when you reprogram your mind to think that you were a love gift, that you are actually something that God brought down on earth on purpose for a reason and a plan, it can change the way you walk. It can change the way you talk. It'll change it all. And I don't want anybody to get confused by that because I know there's people that probably, they go, if that's a gift from God, then why don't I have children yet? You keep praying because God will answer that. I believe God will answer that. If God doesn't give you your own children, I believe God's going to give you somebody else's that they didn't want. Because I can tell you this, there's a lot of children out there that need people to love them. There's a lot of gifts out there that God brought into this world that need love. And sometimes we get caught up in that. We get caught up in why, why me? Why, why would this happen to us? Why can't we have that? And he says, you can because your love is so great, I can bring in people that weren't even yours, and you're going to love them through everything they're going through. I mean, that's powerful. You just got to let God use you the way he wants to use you. So here's the thing. If you're walking with that burden, if you're walking with, with what everybody else spoke into you, if you're walking with that, you got to remember this, that that, that is illegal. <laughs> that's illegal in the kingdom to walk with that mentality, that identity in your life. You need to get rid of it. Okay, you need to get rid of it. Okay, you have a new identity when you give your heart to him. It's a new identity. It's fresh. It's brand new. Okay, it's love. It's his love. Okay, and you need to walk with that. You need to walk with that. I don't know if you remember this, but Hephzibah, he delights in you. Okay, you got to remember that all the time. He made you and he delights in you. And the sooner you understand that, the sooner you can walk in freedom. The sooner you can impart that on your children. And that's anybody's kids. If you work in the student ministry, you impart it on the teens. If you work in the children's ministry, you impart it on the children. You just learn to love. But we fall short. And I did this. I did this wrong. Because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to raise kids. My wife was like a single mom. I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I was deployed, and I worked, and I deployed, and I worked. I even volunteered for deployments. Like, take me. I was so caught up in what the world thought was the right thing to do, promotions and and getting ahead in life and making more money. I just did all that stuff as my wife raised our kids. I had no identity other than whatever the, the world said I was which we base a lot of our success on that, on what the world says. And that's wrong, not what the kingdom says. So my wife had to walk through that. So we made a lot of mistakes. Because I know she probably wasn't perfect trying to raise kids on her own. And I was definitely not even close to that from where I was going. This is back when, when you didn't have FaceTime and all this cool stuff. So when I was deployed, I'd get one phone call a week for five minutes. And I would call, and I would just hear kids in the background. And my wife's going, 
this one broke this, and this one threw up over there, and this one did this, and it's going crazy. And I'm just like, yeah, babe, love you. Um, I got to get back to work. Like, good luck. I want nothing to do with that. Like, and they used to say, well, hey, you shouldn't call. You know, tell your wives not to give you all the bad news when you call. Really? They're dealing with everything. And you're their connection. You're, you're, you're the one they married. You're the one they're supposed to get help from. And we were like, I got enough stressors on my mind to worry about anything else that you're going through. You'll figure it out. We moved you away from your family and everybody else, and you're just alone with the kids. Good luck. <laughs> but that's, that, that was what we brought into this. Okay? And when you're not around and when you're operating out of the world, that's the number one thing on your mind. And then there's somebody suffering, including your kids. But the good part is we serve a great God. So, so when I finally decided to get my life right, he showed up in a mighty way because he said it's never too late. He goes, I can change everything. I can change who you are. I can change who your kids are. I can change how they act. I can change who your wife is. If you would just surrender that, right, come to me. Get rid of all that other stuff. Surrender to me. I can make permanent changes in your family for generations. See, I grew up with divorced parents and bumping around house to house and never having the same people. So, so I understood what it was like not to be loved that way. So that was normal. It was normal to me to look around and go, yeah, well, I'm working. That's what my dad used to always say. He was working. He'd work out of town. He'd work wherever. So you would just get used to that. So I th- what I thought was normal, God said it's not, and I'm going to fix it. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he was always standing by waiting for me. Because we don't know it all. We think we do, but we don't. But there is one person who does. So that's right, Mike. Come on, you can shout louder than that, Mike. You disappoint me this morning. <laughs> We're going to go to Isaiah 54.13. Isaiah 54.13. It says, all your children will be taught by Yahweh, and great will be their peace and prosperity. All your children will be taught by the Lord. How powerful is that? He, he's telling you. That's being prophesied over your life. He says, I'm going to be the one to teach your kids. You don't need to know everything. Allow me to know everything. Allow me to teach your kids. And guess what? Peace and prosperity will come over them. So if you were looking to get something amazing today that was going to help you in your parenting walk, either with young kids or with your older adult kids, I don't know. But there's one. Pray. Pray that he teach your kids the right way. Because that will help. Just ask God for help and he'll help you. So the Bible says. Ask for wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. Ask him. So how do we raise our kids? Well, that's changed a lot. So I wish I had an answer, but it's changed even from when I was younger. Y'all were younger. In my mind, raising kids back when I was younger was probably pretty easy. You know, I I couldn't get in trouble like Brother Bo down here in the city. Like, I lived up in farm country where most you could do is sneak into somebody's barn. All right? So... So there wasn't a lot of that trouble around. There was no internet, no social media. You didn't have all that stuff going on in your life to distract you, to guide you, right? You pretty much had a dirt road and a bike. And if you didn't get home by dark, you didn't eat. I mean, there was just like rules set up. There was no fear of somebody, you know, snatching you up when you weren't there. 
I remember in high school that the biggest thing you had, the biggest threat was the fact that Russia was going to bomb us. So therefore, you'd, you'd climb under your desk when they, when they did the, the air raid siren or whatever. I'm like, really? Like, and that in a fire drill. There might be a fire. So we better practice our fire drills. You didn't have active shooter. You didn't have all this other stuff going on where you've got to barricade, protect yourself. None of that. Now, granted, I, I do believe that, that some of that stuff you just didn't see. I'm pretty sure stuff happened. But with social media, now you see everything when it happens immediately. There's a shooting at a school. You're inside the school because somebody's online. So, so the fear that the enemy creates in us nowadays changes the way we have to raise our kids sometimes. So what you allow into your family, into your kids, what you allow them to do, right, that, that determines what influences they have in their life. And it's pretty bad because I look at some of the stuff that's out there now, and it's, you know, look at movies. I mean, a rated R movie before is now PG-13 and sometimes PG. So we were, we were raised in a different generation where what we thought was bad was bad, but it wasn't as bad. So what, what, what people think nowadays is that society is just going to determine what's good or bad for your kids, and as long as society has reign over that stuff and you allow them to see things, then you're allowing society to raise your kids. And nobody thinks that's a big deal. I don't understand how it happens all the time. You can't even watch, like, network TV anymore without seeing stuff that I'm like, Kids shouldn't see that. They shouldn't hear that. So we got to be very careful what we're doing. It's too easy for our kids to, to follow the world, to walk in what they're doing. And, and it's up to us as parents to guide them and lead them, but also to restrict them. I mean, we're, we're, we were told to raise our kids. So whatever you're allowing them to do is what you're allowing in their lives. So if you're allowing them to watch shows they shouldn't watch, you're going to deal with the consequences. But they won't like me if they don't watch it. So? <laughs> I love my kids, whether they like me or not. They can choose to love me or not, but I love them. My goal is to, to try to get them at least on the right path to where they can make their own decisions. Okay, Romans 12.2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So we've got to stop imitating everything that's going on, the opinions of our culture. Man, we can't live in that. We, we, we can't act like that. We've got to take a stance. We got to take a stance as a family and stop that stuff from happening, because that's what he's—that's how he's calling us to raise our kids. And you're like, yeah, but that's uh, if I do that, they're not going to have friends because their friends won't like them. That's okay. They'll be safe. And those friends that they're trying to make friends with, they're probably not going to be there anyway after so long. So who cares? Just pull them close. If we can just get our kids to realize that that. The opinions of society don't matter. They don't matter. What people think about you doesn't matter. 
If you're living your life and you're walking it out and you have family that love you, the fact that your friends think you're goofy because you read your Bible every day, oh well, get over it. (laughs) No big deal. And I know that's tough for kids to hear that. Why? Because just look at what goes on in our schools and what's allowed to happen in our schools and all over the place. There's bullying. There's all kinds of stuff. So you got to be tough through that. Yeah, that, that's horrible. I'm, and I'm sorry that kids have to go through that. My daughter went through it. I understand what that's like. Didn't change how I feel about my daughter. Or the fact that I need her to do things that I want her to do because I love her. And I want to guide her. What you really need to understand is how much he loves you. And when you only care about what the Lord thinks about you and not what everybody else thinks about you, life goes pretty smooth. Because now you're concerned with him. Your eyes are on him. You're thinking about him. So it's your identity. Your identity in Christ that matters. And here's what I know. I love, you know, I, I think I shared this before, but all I know is this. If you don't tell men, this is for the men. If you have daughters and you don't tell your daughter that you love her, somebody else will and you need to understand if you think you're too big of a man to tell your daughter you love her then there's going to be somebody right around the corner that says i love you and guess what's going to happen to your daughter she's going to go where she's loved okay and that happens for your sons too don't think you're too much of a man not to hear i love you or say i love you to your sons that's a big word you love them tell them tell your kids how much you love them all the time and when you have grandkids that changes everything they trump your kids i'm sorry that's not biblical but they do i'm like ah i love you guys but emmy i kind of need to see her every day every day i was like that's special stuff my daughter will be on facetime with me every day we see her and and when she'll turn and talk i'm like I'm talking to you. Think back on the baby. I'm here talking to the baby. We're trying to have a, a conversation. But every time I see her, I tell her, you're beautiful, you're perfect, you're a princess, and you're loved. She needs to hear that every day of her life, that she's beautiful, that she's loved, that she's a princess, and she's perfect. God made her perfect. And I wasn't able to do that with my kids growing up. I wasn't there. So I said, I'm not going to mess this one up. Like he gave me a second chance with a grandbaby. So she's never going to question in her mind that she's loved. And we're going to make sure of that. And then as the other kids grow up and have grandbabies, I'll love your your, your kids too. And your grandkids because I'll be around to take care of them. (laughs) So don't allow the enemy. Don't allow society. Don't allow... The past, don't allow your past to dictate your kid's identity. It doesn't work that way. Okay, so you need to stand firm on this. You need to teach them it's not okay to look like the world. Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, if you read that in the Amplified, it says, train up a child in the way they should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities 
and talents. And it's not only his, it's hers. So it's talking to all children. So, so you have to teach them how to seek God's wisdom. That's what it's telling you. It says train them up. You can't train somebody in something that you don't know how to do. So I'm going to take it right back to you. You can't push your kids off to the church on a Wednesday and say, go get trained up in the Lord so you can come home. As a parent, you need to train up your kids in the way they should go. You, you're close enough to them that you should be able to see the abilities and the, and the gifts that God put in their life and then direct them on the right path to make that stuff come true. Because he has a plan and a purpose for them. He's already seen this thing out. And he says, all I want them to do is walk in a path that I already made for them. But as parents, we try to stop that. As parents, we, we, we tend to squash a lot of those things because it doesn't line up with society. It doesn't line up with the way we think. It doesn't match success the way we determine success to be. That's why it's so important that it says you must train them up. Right? So you need to be the example. So how you respond to things in life, how you react to things in life, the things you do every single day is how you're training up your kids. So how do you respond when something bad happens in your life? If your response is directing all prayer right to him, seeking God with all of your heart and saying, Lord, it's bad, but I need you. Or are you running around like Chicken Little, calling everybody, putting it on Facebook, social media, my life is falling apart and I don't know what to do. Your kids see that. You're supposed to be training your kids up. So they're going to do what you do. So if you don't have the answers, get the answers. You need to start walking that out. As an adult, your identity comes first, and then it's your kid's identity. You should be teaching them who they are in Christ. There shouldn't be a doubt in their mind that they are loved, and they have complete access to Father anytime they want it. And they're not going to just get that. I'm not taking away from our children's ministry. They'll get it here, but that's not enough. They can't hear that and then go home and, and, and watch you talk the way you talk and walk the way you walk and treat people the way you treat people. It starts with you. So how are you being the example? Are you praying for them? Every morning, are you praying for them? And I'm not saying like you're praying as they walk out the door. I'm talking, are you putting hands on them? Are you spending time with them in the morning? Are you praying for your kids? And if you never had that, it's awesome. I never had it. But I remember we used to drop Cass off to school with our exchange students, and we'd pull up to the school, and I'd pray before we got out of the car. I'd make sure they knew that they were loved, that God's going to watch over them and take care of them. It changes everything. They need to see that in your life. They need to see it. They need to see you praying for your spouse. Husbands pray for your wives. Wives pray for your husbands. That should be something your kids see. As an example. You need to read your Bible. Let them see you reading it. Like, my kids know that when I go in the back room, that I'm studying. Like, they know I'm studying. They know they can come back there, but I'm going to be studying. Right? And they see my Bible open. They see me talking to it. They see me praying. They see me worshiping. 
Do your kids watch you worship? Do you have a worship spot in your house where you bring the kids in and let them worship with you? And for those that don't have kids at home anymore because they're grown, guess what? Find time for that. Continue to do that because you're going to have grandkids someday. And they'll be part of it. Don't stop your routines, routines when the kids come. That's a chance to influence them. That's a chance to train them up in the way they should. That never stop. It doesn't say only train them up until they're 18. It says train them up in the way they should go, which means we're training our kids each and every day. Thank you, guys. We have on-site maintenance at all times throughout the day. So when our air fresheners beep and they're annoying, they just take care of it. And they also carry weapons because they're life safety. I love our church. But yes, let them see that. Let them see all that. They need to see the fruit of the Spirit in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Is that who you are? That's what your kids see. Just evaluate that real quick. And don't raise your hand if that's not you. There's a lot of things in there that they're watching. Kids are smart. And, man, you, they will learn anything. I used to hate coaching football, and I'd get the kids, and they said, they won't learn this stuff. Yeah, they will. They'll learn what I teach them. Kids will learn what you teach them. You can either teach them the right way or just sit back and go, they'll never get it. But they're going to learn from somebody and something. They're smart. So teach them up in the way they should go. Be an example to your kids and allow them to find their identity. See, that's important. Just like you have an identity, they need to find their identity. And I'm not talking about how do you identify. That's society. It's not Bible. I'm talking about what's their identity in Christ. What gifts and talents do they have that they're supposed to walk out? Because we tend to always want to steer our kids where we want to steer them. And you go, but I know what's good for you. I know what success looks like. I know where you're going to make money so you don't have to struggle. And that's wrong. And I'm learning this. I've done this with my kids. And some of it was just for discipline. But I'm starting to learn as I continue to study, especially when I was building this and sitting there and the Lord speaking to me. I'm like, man, that is so me. Like I told my kids, you're going to college or you're going in the military. Those are your two options. Well, I said school. I said, because if it's a trade school, go to trade school. Learn something. I always said, you're not allowed to just sit in my house when you graduate high school and not have a career or not be working towards a career. So I said, I'm always going to put you in a position to do that. Without even looking at what are your gifts, what are your talents, what, what does God want to do with you? Because if you noticed in their ministry wasn't in that. Why not? Because we all get caught up in this. We all have to learn. We all have to grow in what we do. And that was tough because I remember even with all our kids, you know, your kids, they're born, and I'm skipping around, they're, they're born selfish. So they're born, they don't share when they're born. <laughs> it's all about them, right? So, so they need to be selfless. They can't be selfless until they surrender to God. And God will change their heart from the inside to the outside. That's why I love our student ministry. That's why I love watching 
the kids come in and serve during the XO conference. I love watching our teens. Why? Because they're selfless. And they said, we'll serve and do whatever you want us to do. So that's just an indication of what we're teaching our kids here. So if you see your kids out there helping people and trying to bless people and be part of something bigger than them, that's good stuff. Support that. If not, get them on track. Find out what's going on. Do they really know who they are? Because that will change internally before it changes externally. But, yeah, we need to raise them up. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared them in advance. So we're his masterpiece. We're his handiwork. If he was a master craftsman, he carved you out of wood and made you beautiful. And there's not a single piece of wood like you. Like he made you. And he had a plan and a purpose before he sent you here. And he said, this is what you're going to be amazing at. This is what you're going to be good at. Then all he can do is sit back and go, I've entrusted you to people that are going to allow you to do that. And we get in the way. We get in the way. So kids need to understand that, that, that when we raise them up, right, to, to go in the way they should go, for them, it's not a uniform way. There's no uniform way for this. We tend to think there is. Like I said, you must go to college. That was embedded in my head from all my friends and everybody when I was growing up. But, was, but, but we didn't have money, so my dad said, you're going in the military. My uncle said, you're going in the military. My grandfather said, you're going in the military. You know why they said that? Because they had insurance, and we didn't have insurance. <laughs> he goes, you at least get insurance. For the rest of your life, no, you got to pay for it when you retire. It's not free. But that's why I joined the military, because I was going to get insurance. <laughs> Glad there wasn't Obamacare or anything around then. <laughs> I wouldn't know what I was going to do for 23 years of my life, because I could have probably got insurance for free. But that's what was embedded in my head from a child. You should go in the military. You should go in the military. Can I tell you my call wasn't the military? Did I enjoy the military? Yeah. Did I feel like I was doing something that was pretty important? Yeah. So do I regret it? No. But do I feel like I'm doing something I'm called to do right now? Yes. I believe God has now repurposed and got me back on track since I decided to make choices to get me away from this. Right? Because he touched me when I was a kid. He first showed up in my life when I was seven. And I never spoke to him again. So he tried, because I didn't have parents that talked about identity. I didn't have parents that talked. So it's easy to get lost. It's easy to just wander around and do your own thing. So that's fine. He just said, I'll wait for the perfect time, and I'm going to get, that's what I love. His gifts are forever. You understand that like they don't disappear they don't run out he says what i've blessed you with i still need you to do these things so that was our thing so with me it was military for some it's you know so not every kid has to go to college if you don't know that 
But right now we live in a society because society said that, that we have people that have gone through four years of college, owe a ton of money, and they're not even using their degrees. But the, the key to that was everybody said, yeah, but you can never take your knowledge away. You know how many classes I had to take that had nothing to do with what my degree was? It, why? Because it's a system. If they can get your money and extend your studies, they're going to do it. And that's why we have a society filled with debt and people that right now, you could go and, and get a job at any restaurant around here and probably make about as much money as some people do with a college degree working. So, and I'm not, look, I'm not bashing it, trust me. I, I taught, I was a teacher, college level, I understand, and education, I, I have education. <laughs> I'm not bashing it. What I'm saying is that it's for some people and it's not for some people. So I believe that if God put a gift and calling on your life, that, that uh, you would go and do something that requires a degree to actually do it, you probably have to go to school. Because if not legally, with all the rules in place, you probably can't get a license to do it if you don't have some kind of education to do it. But there are things in your life that don't require that. All right, so, so that's education. Military, you know, that's not for everybody. I've seen a lot of people come in the military, and we kick them right back out. <laughs> They're like, nope, not going to work. Right? It takes a special person to, to, to do that. You know, not every kid needs to move out of your house when they graduate high school. Not every kid should stay there. <laughs> All right. My mind, when you're 30, you should be gone. <laughs> I think that's grace. There's plenty, you know. But I understand. But whose rules actually dictate all this stuff? Because that's the thing. We, we, we set these rules into place, and we live in a society that says, if you do this, you get this. So it's based on a reward system. So if you go to school, then you'll get a job, a good job. So that's our society. That's what we've created. So, and we keep telling our kids that. If you, if you get good grades, you'll get a scholarship. So I'm, I'm going to get good grades so I get a scholarship. I have zero passion to go to school, but I know that if I get good grades, I'll get a scholarship, and then I'll go to school even though I'm not passionate about school. Because that's, I guess, how you do it. That's what society has taught us, that, that, that there's a reward system. And the problem with that is if that's what your kids grow up in and you don't do anything about it, they think their relationship with Christ is that. That if I do this, I get this. And they base it on a merit system. And they go, but I read my Bible, so therefore I should go to heaven. I mean, this is what society teaches us these days. That, that if I do this, I get that. And the problem is, that's not. That, that's not your relationship with Christ. So what, what happens is we train our kids in society, then it works its way into the church. And people think that if they just do these couple things, then they're good. Because they're used to a reward for what they're doing. And it has nothing to do with that. It's all about relationship and identity. So they get lost. That's why when we start talking about this, people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do I got to do to get it? Just accept it. Well, that's not right because everything in my life I had to work for. 
Everything somebody told me that was worth anything I had to work for. And you're telling me I can just receive it. Yeah, it's free. Like, you just receive it. And that confuses a lot of people. And what it does, it blocks people in. Man, I'm all over the place, but this is good. <laughs> so that's why I'll go back to what I was talking about with my kids. You know, I thought that I always knew best for my kids. So my oldest daughter, um, she was always teaching people. Like, she loved coaching and teaching. But for me, I wanted her to play sports. So I wanted her to play softball. And she says, Dad, I'll play softball only because it's the only time I'm going to see you. Because you're going to coach the team and I can spend time with you if I play softball. Okay, I don't care. Play softball. That's going to get you a scholarship because you're an athlete and our family's filled with athletes. So this is going to be great. So you do that. And then she, so we did travel ball. We did softball. Then she got into her junior year in high school and Made the team, and then just as she made the team, she quit. And she goes, eh, I don't like softball. I want to cheer. I was like, cheering's not a sport. Like, like you're not allowed to cheer. Like, until I went to all the competitions <laughs> as they were down in Disney World for nationals and worlds and I'm watching my daughter throw people up in the air with broken collarbones and gouged eyeballs. I'm like, what is going on? And she got a scholarship to cheer, not to play softball. But dad knew best, right? Dad knew best. My son, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, play sports, play sports. No time to do anything else. All we did was sports all day long, from one sport to the next sport. He didn't know anything else. Travel balls, working out, sports. He had stuff he wanted to do, but he was too scared to tell me because I didn't care. I was loving him through sports. I was coaching him. I, we were doing, we were spending time together. I said, you'll get a scholarship. Don't worry. His senior year in high school for Christmas, he said, can I have a computer? I'm like, what do you want a computer for? Whatever, so we buy him his first computer, and he starts coding within like a week. And he's a mathematic, mathematical genius, right? And he goes, goes to school for cybersecurity and mathematically runs out of classes. Okay, and now he's in the Navy where he's in cybersecurity and does amazing things to have zero to do with sports. He got zero offers to go play sports. But we wasted so much time in our life to prepare him for that one moment so you can get a scholarship. Why? So dad can feel good. How much stuff do you put your kids in just so you feel better about yourself, that you're giving them a great opportunity like all these other kids? Can I tell you, if they're not gifted and talented in something, they're probably not going to go that way. And I'm not trying to ruin your dreams. Everybody wants the professional ball player. You know how long that lasts for? You can probably count them on one hand if they ever make it. Five years? Then what? 
then what? But we push him in that direction and we push him. With him, he almost didn't get to do what he wanted to do because he was so banged up. It took a year of waivers to even get him in the service because of his concussions and his busted up body. But he got an academic scholarship to go to school. Which he said, Dad, this is the greatest thing ever. I don't hurt. My knees aren't hurting. I'm like, you're not even working out. You're not going to the gym. I'm like, they have open tryouts for the team. And he's like, uh, no, I feel good. <laughs> like, I don't want any more of that. So his whole life, that's what he did. But this is what we do. There's a system. There's a society that says, this is how you do right for your kids. So make sure they don't miss out. When the whole time we should be sitting back going and evaluating our kids and saying, what are you good at? I look at Cass, the, the one child that, you know, she, we would go to baseball games and saw, you know where Cass was? She wouldn't even sit with the family. She's digging in the dirt. I'm like, Cass, where, where is Cassie? She's over playing in the dirt. I'm like, well, let's get her in softball. We were so busy, we got her in softball, and the coach had to take her. Because <laughs> we couldn't be there because we had two other kids in sports. That didn't last long. She didn't like getting hit with a softball. But you know what she is? She's creative. She can write. She can sing. She, her mind goes in a thousand different directions because that's how God gifted her and talented her. You know what she has on her? She's pastoral. She, she goes to people that are in, her, in need, and she just, like, pastors them. But that's stuff that, that nobody ever said, Cass, you can do that. Like, that's part of how God made you. So her whole life, she's been chasing something else. You know, now she's studying as um, anthropology and archaeology. So dirt. <laughs> she's going to dig in dirt, which is what she loved to do when she was a kid. But we were like, get her out of the dirt. But it was a passion that God put inside of her. Right? But we got to be able to recognize that. When we look at our kids and say, it doesn't matter what society wants. What does the kingdom want? What does the kingdom need? How did God make you to be part of that? How did God make you to advance that? And it can be anywhere. It doesn't matter. They can be doctors and lawyers. And if that's how God made them, then let them do it. Promote them in that. Guide them in that. Quit trying to change the way your kids do things just because you think it's better for them. But man, this is tough. I've walked this. This is tough because I sit back and go, Lord, and I just take my hands. I'm like, Lord, I just need help now because I, I steered them all in the wrong directions. Now what do I do? <laughs> it's kind of nice when you just take your hands off the wheel once in a while and say, Lord, my job is just to support. My job is to love and guide, and that's what your job is as a parent because it doesn't have to make sense. Damon Thompson was talking about Eli Musk, and I love this because, you know, if you don't know Eli Musk, he's SpaceX and all these kind of things. and Richest man in the world. And totally not like anybody else. Right? He thinks big. He, he thinks bigger than anybody ever thinks. And because of that, God uses him in a bigger way than anybody's being used. I mean, can you think about that? They, but we squash things like that. We squash ideas. We squash, we squash individuality. We, we squash people when they come in. They don't look like everybody else. As parents, we just jump in and go, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, not supposed to be that way. You shouldn't wear that to school. Ask her. I used to turn her around, go back upstairs. I'm like, <laughs> and, and it wasn't like she was wearing anything. I was just like, why do your shoes not match? Like, shouldn't they match? 
I'm that dad. Like, you should be looking appropriate, you know. But, but ultimately, so he got to do what he wanted to do. And, yeah, was there educate? Yeah, he did all that stuff. But guess what he's doing? He thinks big, and therefore God acts out big because no one stopped him. And he didn't back down to what society said, that that's not normal to think way outside the box. You know how many things in this world haven't, haven't happened yet because people haven't acted on what God put inside of them. He's planted that. We, we want our kids to be successful. He wants us to change the world. God said, I put something inside of you to change the world. Will you start listening to me and not everybody around you? You don't have to look like the person next to you. So we can't raise our kids that way. Let them be who God made them be. What's that mean? It means you got to spend time with them. you got to identify with them. You just figure out what, what, what is it. Why are you different than the other ones? And instead of pushing them in a direction, let them flow in a direction. Let them flow where God wants them to go. And support him in that. Man. I think the best example of that is David and Goliath. I love that story because I love watching. I just love David. The, the fact that, that everything he went through in his life and as a kid and how God touched him and, and moved. And, you know, he goes up against Goliath. The little shepherd boy. Right? And what's the first thing they want him to do is put on Saul's armor. We need you to look like everybody else. This is what warriors wear. And in his mind, he's like, that guy ain't even going to get close to me. Like, I kill lions and tigers and bears. I'm making some of that up. <laughs> but he goes, I kill. It's a giant. Let me kill the giant the way God made me kill the giant. Because if I do it God's way, guess what? It's going to work. Because he's going to bless it. I can't even wear your armor. They said he put it on. It was heavy. It was too big. See, sometimes we try to wear everybody else's design for their life, and it doesn't fit us, and it's not going to work. And you're going to struggle through life trying to carry that burden. That you're trying to do what somebody else told you to do. When God wants you to do what he told you to do. Hmm. So quit putting our kids in a box. Man, I really don't want to talk about kids again, so I'm going to finish this. <laughs> and really all I want to talk about is priorities, because this is important. When it comes with priorities with your kids, because we deal with this a lot in, in counseling and dealing with families, is where parents place their kids. Your kids do not go above God, and they do not go above your spouse. But we tend to do that. We tend to say, no, 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 no. We're going to get an argument if you don't let little Jimmy go do what he's supposed to do. And we put them above, above our spouse and above God. And what you see that playing out is that all of a sudden your kids are running your life. You're doing everything with them so they have the opportunity. So priority-wise is God first. If you're married, then your spouse, Right? Then your kids, kids are third, then your parents, your parents are in there, I'm learning that one, I love my parents, I really do, need to honor them, your extended family, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and then the rest of the world, that's what that looks like, and I've got scripture for all of them, they're out there, 
and I ain't got time to give them to y'all. So you're just going to have to trust me on that one. And when it comes to discipline, I wasn't going to bring up discipline, but I'll bring up one thing about discipline when it comes to families. There's unity in a marriage. You need to remember that. There's unity in a marriage. Therefore, there should be unity in discipline when you discipline your child. It's not good cop, bad cop. It's not wait till your dad gets home, wait till your mom gets home. It's we need to be on the same page. We need to talk together. We need to decide on how we're going to do this, and then we're going to come into it as a strength. We're going to pray about it, and then we're going to take it on. This way the kid can't pin you against anybody. Because I had one rule in my family, and it was real simple. I picked your mom out of everybody. I didn't pick you. Remember that. Like, I picked her. You were just byproduct. Don't put me up against her. She's going to win. You try to pin me against my wife, my wife's going to win. And they knew that. You, you, can't, you can't do that. right? You guys got to be on the same page. And all the teens back there, yeah, I see you. It's funny. Whenever I call teens out, they just look straight forward. I'll give you this one. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. You want to live a long, full life? <laughs> Honor your father and mother. You know, funny part is it doesn't tell you, it doesn't give you a time frame on that. That means honor them. You're supposed to obey them too, but obey them up to a certain point. When you're an adult, you don't have to obey your parents if they don't know what they're talking about. But it says you honor them. Honors for life. You honor your mother and father for life. You got to determine what that looks like. This is way too much fun. I'm telling you. I got so many of these little one-liner scriptures right here. First Timothy 5.8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. There's some scripture in there you might want to read. Relative. We've already talked about the rest, so I'm not going to keep going on. But it starts with the Lord. Love him. Love him with all your heart, all your strength. Love your spouse. Love your kids. If we get it in that order, you pay attention. Help your kids with identity. Be an example for them and what they're supposed to do in life. Be an example in your prayer life. They're watching. And the way you read your Bible, they're watching. The way you worship, they're watching. There's strength and unity. We discipline together. We walk this out. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. Quit, quit stealing an opportunity for them to do what God wants them to do. 
realize that your way might not be the best way, but his way is. So how do you do all that? You pray, you surrender to God and ask him to guide you and lead you in everything you do. Amen? Amen. I might pick this up again sometime. You guys get something out of that? <laughs> you good? All right. That's your cue, Mama Rachel. You can come on up and play some keys. So I just want to pray for you. So, Father, oh, we love you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for our children. Thank you for relationships. And Father, I just ask you to search the hearts in this room. Search the minds in this room. Father, those that struggle with identity, Lord, love on them. Remind them who they are and whose they belong to and whose they are. Father, touch them. Father, those that didn't have a good example of a mom and dad, Lord, I ask that you, you show them a true father. You surround them with people that will love them. Surround them with people that can fill in that void. Father, those that are hurting right now, Lord, I ask that you just give them the strength. Give them the strength right now to change generations. To break off that chain, any kind of curse, Lord, from what they've dealt with in their life, from their parents to their siblings. Whatever was never described as love, Father God, I ask you to just erase their memory of that. Let them only see you, only see your love. Father, just touch them. Teach them how to love like you, how to walk like you, how to talk like you. Father, if they don't know what their gifts and talents are, Father, let them all, just let them surface right now, Father God. Let your purpose be made known to them and your plans be made known to them. Give them the courage to go against the current, to go against the norm, to go against society, Father God. Give them the, the ability to, to do what you ask them to do, no matter what anybody else says. So, Father, we ask for your help as we raise our children. Father, we ask that you protect them and guide them. You surround them as they go through the many challenges that we deal with each and every day. But Father, as parents, help us. Give us the wisdom and knowledge to do this right, to do this your way, to have the courage to, to do it your way. So Father, we surrender it all to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And I want to invite our prayer partners forward. So if you're a prayer partner, you want to come up. This is huge. Because I don't want you leaving today without prayer. This is important. Because you could be carrying a burden. You could be carrying an identity that's not who you are, that somebody spoke into your life. Maybe you're, you're not moving in the right direction because there's fear. There's something stopping you from doing what God wants you to do. And you have a chance to leave out of here with freedom. 
you have a chance to come on up and be loved by a family that wants to pray over you and help you walk through that, no matter what that looks like. Maybe there's a, um, man, maybe you need to forgive. You know what, maybe you need to forgive your parents. So if you had parents that didn't do what they were supposed to do, they weren't around, maybe you need to forgive them this morning. Because that's part of healing. Part of healing is forgiveness. We can't live in unforgiveness. So maybe that's what you need to do this morning, is to come up and just surrender that and say, you know what? They were doing the best they knew how to do. So maybe that's what you need to walk through this morning. But don't leave out of here without prayer. And for some of you, it's hard to accept an identity when you don't even know him. Our identity is in him and he's in us. So some of you need to surrender that this morning. You need to get to know him a little bit better. You need to welcome him into your heart. Ask him to guide you and lead you and to love you. And there's nothing I can say to make that happen. That's an eternal thing. That's something you need to pray about. You need to accept in your heart and believe it, that he absolutely loves you. And if that's you this morning, we'll give you a chance to come talk to somebody about that. We'd love to pray with you give you the next steps on what that looks like. touch those hearts this morning. Father, I ask you to give those courage that need to come up and just, man, surrender to you, Lord. Touch those hearts that need prayer this morning, Father. Father, we just love you. We surrender everything to you. Have your way in our lives, in our families, in our children, in our schools, in our city, our nation, in this world, Father in a mighty way. This week, God, open doors that only you can open and close those that need to be closed. Father, have your way.